Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. This is Sex and Science Hour. Ooh. Holy shit. Um, it is the week of the U.S. presidential election and everybody's losing their fucking minds, including <laughs> us. Yeah, it's... It feels like that, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but of course, the show must go on. You know, we've we've had a lot to process this week. I don't even feel like I really know what I want to say, but like I feel like we should talk about it. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, I don't really want to say anything about it on social media because there seem to be all these like mass unfriendings going on, and everybody's just seems like really at each other. You know, mm-hmm. there's like these people are fighting these little wars with their circles, and they don't they're angry. They don't know who to blame. Uh, you know, everybody's angry. Like the people who voted for Trump are angry because nobody listened to them. The people who voted for, or, or maybe they're also angry because they don't like being told that they're racist, and maybe there's, that's true. They <laughs> people who didn't vote for Trump are angry because obviously they lost, and you know they're gonna have to live with it for the next four years, and that's like democracy. And oh god, it's just. It's a fucking mess. And it, this is the capstone on a year of shit as well. Like, this has been a tough year. 2016 has been a really hard year. Lots of famous people and unfame, you know, people in our lives dying. Yeah. You know, um, this it's been a really difficult time. A lot of people are having, you know, just personal struggles, economic sure. stuff, health stuff. People are, are, are struggling. They're having a hard time. They have lots of frustrations. And that has to be directed somewhere. And a lot of people are sort of channeling it through this this horrible election. At, at first, it was like possible to kind of laugh at it. You know, like I, I did a fair amount of laughing at it, um, you know, during the whole electoral process over the past year. But now it's like, OK, the joke's kind of over, you know. <laughs> Well, now we actually have to live with one of these clowns that was, in, you know, up for election. Yeah, I mean, and we don't vote. You know, we, we, okay, we yeah. So right, we should start at the beginning and lay it all out there, just in case you're just tuning in or you're listening to this show in the future and you're not sure about us. Well, hello, we, future. Hello, future. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we welcome our future overlords. We warned you. I don't know. That doesn't sound. We're right. from the past. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah we warned you. <laughs> well, um, in, in case you don't know who we are, we are we are not supporters of either major political party or any political party really we don't support, we don't support politics, politics yeah. yeah um we are part of the 49.5 percent of people or 46 and a half percent i don't know something like that close to half of people who did not vote in this election right 
And it's not because we were too lazy. It's not because we um, couldn't get a ride to the polls. <laughs> it's not for any of the typical reasons that you hear about that you that people aren't voting. It's because we didn't like any of the options. <laughs> well, and, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm confident in saying I think voting's unethical. Right. Me too. I don't want to force my will on anyone else. I don't think it's a I don't think it's an appropriate human behavior to uh, cast a ballot and check a little box for who should be the ruler over everyone, uh, including yourself. I can't in good conscience vote for somebody to rule over me. And I can't also in good conscience vote for somebody to rule over you. I can't endorse that. I'm not going to be excited about that or think it's okay. No way. I, I just. And so the only thing I really feel is is appropriate is an appropriate choice is not to participate and to try to ignore it as much as possible yeah and you know do things that actually help people like uh, run a business you know or or do business and entrepreneurial and and work on your friendships and work on your life and try to try to have as happy of a life as possible part of having a happy life for me is you know kind of trying to ignore politics as much as possible but I also realize that that doesn't stop the political machine from turning the wheels of the gears of it. And uh, it's going to there's going to be an election. Somebody's going to get elected and then they're going to claim to rule over me. And I'll just have to take whatever I get. But (laughs) um, I'll be damned if I'm going to check a box and say, yeah, I want this one. (laughs) Right. I want this one who's going to be who I think is going to beat me five tens instead of ten. Well, how about we not beat anybody? You know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's the way I feel about elections. I think you feel the same way, Brian. Obviously, yes. yeah. Um, so we're we're unified. We're a unified front on that. <laughs> yeah. So, but Trump won, right? Uh yeah. So, but so regardless of how we felt and how about half of Americans felt, <laughs> at least in their actions, because they didn't vote. Um, the other half of Americans was kind of divided almost evenly among people who voted for Hillary Clinton and people who voted for Donald Trump. Which Clinton won the majority vote. She but got she the popular the ele- vote, right, yeah, yeah, just by a little bit, like half a percentage or something right, like that. She didn't win the electoral. College. She did not win the electoral college, yeah. And um, and every every election, people are like, "Oh, the electoral college sucks." You know, we should get rid of it. But I mean, even what Trump you- said that last election. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, when Obama won, it it wasn't so bad to the liberals, but <laughs> when Trump won, it's really bad, you know, and mm-hmm. people are calling to dismantle it. And I, people are pointing fingers in all different kinds of dile- directions. Um, everybody seems to be angry. The people who voted for Trump are angry. The people who voted not for Trump for Hillary are also very angry and and grieving and pissed off and they're going through like the stages like when someone dies i mean first of all when the news reporters were reporting on it it was like somebody died like on their faces yeah. they were just like and everybody noticed it too oh my god yeah, yeah the just the the disbelief the shock i felt some of it too like we're sitting there on tuesday night we managed to ignore it all day even though people are ringing my doorbell there's there's democrats there's republicans mm-hmm. they're all ringing the doorbell trying to get me to go to the polls and um you know i didn't leave the house all day i work at home so i can do that which is nice but the last time there was an election and i was out and about oh man i mean everything is just about the election there's people out there dressed in red, white, and blue. Everybody's got their stickers on. They put flyers on your car. They put. They try to ring your doorbell. They leave materials at your house. It, it's just everybody harasses you. And by the way, like, you know, supposedly liberal Democrats, like, 
men ringing strange women's doorbells and asking them to get in their car. Yeah, that's very liberal progressive of you, isn't it? I mean, I'm not going to get in the car with anybody. It, it ringing my doorbell, too. Like, the only people who have nerve to do that are religious people. Yeah. But but voting and statism they have God on is their side. a religion. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, supposedly, yeah, they think yeah. so. But the statists think they do, too, because it's it's really a religious practice. Your vote, your one vote is never going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make a difference. And they say, oh, yeah, well, if everybody thought that, well, if everybody thought that, then, you know, maybe no one, just no one would show up and it would have no legitimacy, first of all. But But that kind of leads into a problem with with this very situation. Because you can't control what everyone else does. You can only control what you do. No, 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 no. That's my answer to it. You're all right. But, okay, so now I think maybe I'm wrong. I think like me, like I totally thought Clinton had it in the bag. Not that I wanted either of them. I did, too. I, I was telling the story of the day of how Election Day went. Okay. And I wanted to finish that, too. Okay. But, go, go. but if you want to jump in. Well, I just wanted to say, like, so if voting doesn't change it, like, Trump winning would seem to be that people's votes did actually somehow matter. Because we all assumed, or, mm-hmm. you know, you and I, I think, assumed Clinton would win because she's in the system. And the system's the one that actually, you know, really chooses yeah, who the, becomes the president. Establishment. The yeah. establishment, right. It certainly chooses everything leading up to the the election. Like, it chooses, you know, kind of, like, Hillary was able to kind of pick and, like, manipulate who became mm-hmm. the Republican nominee because she thought she could beat Trump, mm-hmm. right? She, um, you know, was able to sort of kick out Bernie Sanders and get the nomination for herself for the Democratic side. And, yeah. uh, and of course, you know, the only the Democrats and Republicans can be in the debates and they've got that really locked down so there's no chance of a third party getting in there, you know? So uh, there's a lot of stuff that's controlled about it up until the election. So even if the election itself is not controlled, there's a lot of control leading up to it, sure. Yeah, there's still a lot of rigging either either way i mean this does raise interesting questions but all the same yeah, yeah so please continue but please don't call anyone a rigger that's just did i say that no i didn't oh geez. no no I, I, was... I, saw, I was scared no 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 you didn't say it i oh, was okay. i just i saw it on social media and i was like oh really that person thinks they're being cute yeah yeah. but yeah. it's not it's just not just don't no <laughs> just stop <laughs> so anyway um so a Tuesday, you know, we're sitting at home trying to avoid the rest of the world. It gets to be about, you know, we had a busy work day. I was productive. I got some stuff done. It gets to be about 10 o'clock p.m. And I'm like, so, Brian, what's going on with the election? Did they declare Hillary Queen yet? And you looked at the Google Maps, because Google was covering the election coverage. Mm-hmm. And you said to me, well, it looks like Trump appears to be winning. And I went, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, like you, I completely thought Hillary had it in the bag. Like, yeah. that's what everything said leading up to it. All the polls, everything else. Now, in retrospect, you could see why maybe people lied to the pollsters or whatever mm-hmm. about who they supported. They Supposedly, they also lied about Obama. Like, you know, I don't know. He didn't get as many votes as they said or something like that. Or people were concerned about that anyway. Sure. Right. Because they because when a pulse, when an actual person asks you, so who are you going to vote for? You don't want to seem like you're racist or sexist, even if you are. Yeah. Because, you know, it's socially unacceptable. The theory goes. So you say, oh, well, I'm voting for Hillary Clinton or Obama Mm -hmm. to seem like socially acceptable. I don't know. So, yeah, because, I mean, I I I think it, it was it was a surprise. And then all, of course, the media talking heads, you know, it was like. What was that famous 
what was that famous incident where the newscaster said, well, I literally don't know anyone who voted for the Republican. Do you remember that? It was like, Mm-mm. it was like, of course you don't know anyone who voted for the Republican because you're, you're in, you live in a bubble basically of Democrats uh-huh. and you work in the liberal media and everyone around you, all your coworkers are also liberals. And so of course nobody, you know, voted for the Republican and you don't understand how he could have won because you're insulated. Well, it was kind of like that. I think a lot of people were throwing those accusations around this time around where the, all the media were so shocked because they live in cities and they're, you know, they're like insulated in this bubble of liberal people. Yeah, they live in a filter bubble. Yep. And um, and meanwhile, the rest of the country, like half the population of the country lives in rural areas, half lives in cities, you know, and those cities are like islands of blue in a sea of red, I guess. Sometimes, yeah. So Sometimes it can be that way. Yeah. So anyway... Um, so 10 o'clock, Trump's ahead. I'm like, okay, I'm surprised, but she, Hillary Clinton's got to have some dirty tricks up her sleeve. Like, she's going to start pulling dirty tricks any minute now mm-hmm. <laughs> to pull it out. And uh, once the West Coast starts getting reports in, then it's going to be over for him. And But that was not how it went. Like, as time went on, you know, a couple hours went by, I was working on something, I periodically would look, and it was like, the New York Times had this little meter where they were predicting the probability that each candidate would win. And it was like, before 10pm, it was like, 95% Hillary Clinton. It's all the way Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton. 10 o'clock, it switches. (laughs) 11 o'clock, Trump starts to go up into the lead. Midnight, 95% Trump. Trump, 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 mm-hmm. he's winning. And around like one thirty in the morning, I put on, you know, some kind of YouTube like news reports. And it was like, that was when the media were, were just in complete fucking shock. They were just, they could not believe it. And then the next day, the hurt and the pain started coming down big time. It was like everybody woke up with this giant hangover and it, and Trump was president or he's the president yeah. elect. And he actually won. Nobody thought he was going to win, but he won. And then, you know, people were, people were, understandably, I get why they're afraid and freaked out. Um, people were very freaked out, especially like immigrants, Muslims, queer people, yeah. non-whites. They were, they were pretty fucking freaked out because, you know, there's some narratives floating around. One is that, well, everybody who voted for Trump must be racist, xenophobic, sexist, Islamophobic, misogynistic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and they're just, you know, kind of closet cases about it and they're keeping it hidden, but that's what they really think. The other one was that, no, 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 it, was, it wasn't about racism at all. It's actually just poor white people who live in rural areas who want to work, who've lost their jobs and their city, their towns have been decimated because of this closing of American manufacturing. And, mm-hmm. and um, they're pissed off and they don't know what else to do. So they're kind of like giving a big F you to the establishment. Sure. And I don't think those two things are are mutually exclusive. I think there are like there's elements there. You know, it could be both, right? Like, yeah, there are people who are pissed off because nobody's they feel like nobody's listened to them, and this is poor white people basically mm-hmm. who live in rural areas. They're pissed because like nobody listens to them, and they if they bring up complaints, they're just told, "Oh, well, you have white privilege and you're racist, so just get over it," you know. And nobody listens to them, and so they're like, "Hey." Listen to me. I've got problems. I'm poor. And and the Democrats haven't been listening to them. They've been ignoring them. Sure. And focusing on other issues that that show that they clearly just have their heads so far up their ass and they live in a different world. You know, there's people who live in cities live in a different world. 
it's like a different country from people who live out in rural areas. Oh, yeah. And yeah. People different... talk about that. The rise of the city state. Like that. that's a thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like the concerns are different. The values are different. Everything's it's very different. So, yeah, I mean, there's some of that. There's also some genuine like who is who would the KKK vote for? It would obviously be Trump. Right. Granted, they also voted for Ron Paul. They did. But that says something about Ron Paul, too. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to go down that side. Track, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to. But it, it's true. Like, you know, yes, the genuine racists and xenophobes. I think they were attracted to Trump. Sure. Is everyone who voted for him racist and xenophobic and Islamophobic and misogynistic? No. But are the are the ones who are? Did they vote for him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. I mean, there's some of it mixed in there. It, at least you could say that whoever voted for Trump, it wasn't enough of a concern to them, the the stuff that he said about women, you know, the misogyny, the mm. xenophobia, the the fact that his running mate, his re- vice president, Mike Pence, was like, he actually believes that like gay people can like in gay conversion therapy and shit like that. Yeah. Like he's pretty out of touch with like LGBT issues, to put it mildly, and is also a politician who wants to pushes ideas onto you, you know? So I think there's a reason to be freaked out by that. I don't think Donald Trump himself said anything that's really homophobic or, or transphobic particularly, but definitely the people he surrounds himself with who would be in his cabinet. Oh yeah, definitely homophobes. Um, sure. Yeah. Carl Rove. I mean, there's, there's, Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, and well, well, anyway, yeah, keep going. There's so much nuance in all this. Like people are, could critique the shit out of anything you say about it, but keep going. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of afraid to say anything, but I'm just going to say whatever and just say kind of like what I think about it. And and I'm trying to be neutral here and like kind of empathize with everybody. I realize that some people are going to be pissed no matter what. So whatever. I'm just kind of just kind of talking about it because I feel like it needs to be talked about. But I don't have like I haven't really processed it enough to have like an overarching like pithy lesson or like a tweet that I can glean from this all. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, this is what happened. And I'm sort of still talking through it and thinking about it. So anyway, um, yeah, so so people who are phobic of others, you know, and bigoted, basically bigoted, um, did did support Trump, and it, you, at least you can say that his bigotry or the bigotry that he showed through his actions was not enough of a problem for the voters for them to not vote for him. Yeah. So there's that. Well, On the other hand, I feel like you know Trump said. You know, basically, you can have sex with any woman you want. If you're famous, they'll let you do whatever, including grab them by the pussy. And that was obviously like a hyperbolic thing. But he's just saying you can you can fuck any woman you want if you're famous and rich. I'm not defending what he said at all. No, but I I mean, I think it's bullshit. And I think it's it's kind of horrifying. That attitude definitely contributes to it's rape culture. That's what it is. It's like the entitlement. You can fuck any woman you want without her having any say on it. Oh, okay. Whatever. Oh, you sure. Know. I've heard people in, uh, you know, maybe that would be a little more closer to Ron Paul, libertarian types that have said that kind of thing. Oh, of course. Yes. I've heard that too. Yeah. And it's, and it's said full it of them. Yeah. The, the libertarian movement is full of people like that as well. Um, yeah. And so that's its own problem. But he said those things and I feel like people are not letting him get away with it. Like pretty much every woman I know is outraged about that, mm-hmm. you know, and all kinds of women, white women too, you know, sure. Even though they supposedly voted for him, but I don't know about that. But anyway, young people are outraged about the stuff that he said. Young people think it's bullshit that he's so xenophobic 
you know, and the policies are so xenophobic. Like, what everybody knows a Mexican person. Nobody cares. Like, they think borders are imaginary lines, like I do, right? Yeah. So, but the thing is, I think if any other president in history had those ideas, they all had those same ideas. They were all fucking horrible misogynists. Bill Clinton was a horrible misogynist. Yeah. And sexual predator, right? Oh, sure. There's a line of women who he had sexually assaulted and and raped, probably, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> but they all seem to be coming out and they got silenced by Hillary Clinton. So, and I don't think she's a huge champion of, you know, protecting women from sexual predators when it's her husband, right? Right. But anyway, um, I think every single fucking male president in history had those same ideas, those bigoted and misogynistic ideas. It's just that back then, those ideas were were so the norm that nobody said anything like, nobody said a word one about it, right? Well, there wasn't the internet to put a light on it. I mean, like, Lyndon B. Johnson's well-known for being an there, absolute womanizer. There wasn't the internet, but there were newspapers, and, I mean, I think everybody could tell what was going on. I mean, FDR had those letters that he wrote about, like, saying these blatant anti-Semitic things about Jews. Sure. Nobody want, cared. Yeah, he wanted to ship them all off to Oregon, yeah. 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 Nobody cared. I mean, <laughs> so I feel like that is an indicator that maybe things are changing because people don't tolerate uh, those bigoted ideas anymore sure. as much as they used to. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people like people have the voice now. Like, I, I really feel that that's what's going on is that is that the voice is kind of there. I mean, I'm with you. The thing that that scares me the most isn't Trump. I mean, he's just another president in many ways. The yeah. thing is, is that there is obviously a culture that, like you said, overlooks all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, that's my number one concern is that these people are still out there when really I would have thought, you know, like this kind of bigotry and conservatism. I thought they would have gone out of fashion, you know, in the past 150 years. I would have thought so, too. But, yeah, they're just these, these alt-right people. I mean, I've been feeling concerned about it for a while now, mm-hmm. actually. And it, it definitely freaks me out. You know, sure. it's nothing more than kind of like a like a backlash about losing their power, you know, yeah. and their place in so- their status as like preferred in society. But, um, yeah, it it definitely does freak me out that now they they think, you know, they basically are emboldened by this. They think they have their right about everything because Donald Trump got elected. Yeah, because that's the claim is that he's a freedom of speech candidate and all this stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, granted, he definitely exercised freedom of speech, you know, on the campaign trail. But one point I want to, you know, that I that I think is important to bring up is that, yes, we see a lot of people say a lot of things. A lot of candidates say things on the campaign trail that once they get into the office, they are a completely different. Oh, person. yeah. They mellow out so fast. Ronald Reagan, know? anti-government, has some of the best quotes in history about mm-hmm. the nature of liberty. And he turned I mean, he, he became <laughs> one of the biggest government presidents in history. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he was terrible. Right. And how is this going to change Trump? I don't know. It's kind of a wild card. I mean, he doesn't have any history in politics, which I think is is probably a good quality. Right. You know, like, yeah, I mean, if we're going to, I don't like politicians. Right. But I mean, the fact that he wanted to become a politician, that's a strike against him, right? Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and Clinton was a clear known warmonger. You know, yep. she's essentially a neocon. Not that Trump's doing much better because he, in his first hundred days, he said that he's going to start reopening military bases. Yeah. And which let's, Bill Clinton is the one that shut those down. Yeah, yeah. And and let's talk about that. I mean, so just to be clear, like if Hillary Clinton had gotten elected, um, yeah, there I won't lie. There is a part of me that would think it was cool that there was a female president. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't take much comfort because she's she's a horrible woman. 
you know, right. and <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be, the presidency is a position that I don't want to be occupied by anyone, yeah. you know, so it's kind of cold comfort if it's a woman, right? Like, yeah. it's not really an, achie- you can't really say it's an achievement for a woman to be like a cop or like a at the at the the leg that's bringing down the jackboot of the state on your neck. You yeah, know? you're not really forwarding humanity if you're just pushing authoritarian positions, right? No, yeah. I mean yeah. you want those to go away. Um, but there is like a small part of me that's that says like, yeah, I mean there's there's never been a female president. Like, what's up with that, right? Sure. <laughs> um, but I would have been, you know, like. A, pretty freaked out if she had gotten elected too, just because, you know, I know how she's in the pocket of the elites. And in many ways, she was such she just represented the status quo so much. And the status quo is bad. It's not good. No, right. Um, but it is predictable. There might have been an advantage to that. I'm just yeah, I'm it, just putting it is, that out there fast. It is predictable. And yeah. Donald Trump, it feels like a total wild card, you know. Now, I looked at what he was saying he wants to do in his first hundred days. And I have to admit, like, some of it really sounded good. And mm-hmm. the the parts that I'm talking about are, um, there was one thing that he, I think he took from maybe Harry Brown or like one of the libertarian candidates in the past, because I know I've seen this before, but it was, um, it was a piece, he wanted to introduce some legislation that said, if you pass, basically, if you pass one law on the federal level, you have to repeal two. Mm-hmm. It's like to prevent the government from growing. Right. So I think that's good, right? Like, For I mean, in the, in the status Within paradigm, the paradigm yeah. that's good, right? Not that it would ever get passed by Congress, but I mean, it's a, I, it sounds good, right? And then there was, um, you know, he wanted to like simplify the taxes and like give these huge tax breaks to middle class people and like businesses. And I'm like, okay, well, no one should have to pay taxes, but that's like a step in the right direction too. Okay. Mm-hmm. At least he's not talking about like, we're going to tax the whatever. He's not talking about the 1% or anything like that. And then um, he wanted to like, and then, you know, then there started to be the trade stuff. So he wants to kind of like pull out of NAFTA and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Yes. Which, you know, NAFTA is kind of a misnomer because it's not really about free trade. It's like pages and pages of regulations on trade in North America. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which, if you really wanted free trade, just fucking trade freely you know you don't need like pages of regulations throw away all the regulations yeah right and so um same with the tpp yeah yeah, same with the tpp and the tpp was all about like you know international taxes and shit like that Mm -hmm. like why would you want that copyrights all that stuff yeah and it affects digital products and like it's bad it's bad yes so okay yeah pull out of that that doesn't sound too bad but then he wants to you know then he wants to start like you know kind of locking down the borders and um you know like kind of block products from being imported from China mm-hmm. tariffs and stuff like that. And, and try to like, you know, quote, save American jobs. And you just, you can't have it both ways. You can't have cheap shit and also have Americans feel like no one's taken their job. And there's like, everything's being made in America. You know what I mean? Like the cost of stuff is going to go up. Well, you'd have to, you'd have to get rid of so much regulation and so many taxes within this country to where it could be made here and be cheap. I mean, you could do that, mm-hmm. but like you would literally be getting rid of the tax code of the past 70 years. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so much red tape. That's what a lot of it contributes to the cost. Right. Um, and then then you get to the military stuff. And then he starts talking about the real fascist stuff, mm-hmm. which is give a bunch of money to cops at all levels, federal, state, local, all these police departments to, quote, you know, like increase security in our communities. 
deep mass deportations of immigrants, any immigrant who's who's like re-entered the country after being deported. And if you I don't know if you have like a felony or if you have a misdemeanor, if you've had anything beyond a traffic ticket, basically, and you're an immigrant, watch out, you're in trouble. He has said stuff. There wasn't really anything about Muslims in there particularly, but he's said stuff about like making Muslims register on a list before. Well, and he t- he was bolstering stop and frisk, and you know during debates. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's true. real it's real police state stuff. Uh, of course, there's a build a wall on the border of with Mexico and sure. make Mexico pay for it. Then there is um um just basically cut off immigration from certain countries in like completely like nobody can immigrate from certain countries right and for those who he will allow to immigrate they have to pass a test to see if they have a compatible american values which that's <laughs> how fucking scary is that like did you have to pass that test no i would probably fail right mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know if i'd fail it but i mean it, it's I definitely don't hold that American the government values. could give you a test to see if you can walk on this landmass. Really, what? Yeah, like, it used to be you only had to pay ten bucks according to the Constitution. Yeah, <laughs> get your get a medical exam or whatever. So yeah, I mean there was some pretty harsh stuff in there for for immigration, um, and and then there was like you know reopen these military bases that were closed down, like you said by Bill Clinton. Domestic military bases. What are they going to do with those? Well, yeah, I mean, two points. One is, is that, again, when he gets in office, how much of that is he actually going to be able to do? You know, he also said he wanted to shut down Apple a few months ago. Good luck. Jack. Like that, that, <laughs> yeah. You know, as much as I wouldn't mind seeing <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, I don't think I would really shed a tear. <laughs> yeah, that I don't think that's going to happen. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, I mean, you have that. But then with the military bases, this is where suddenly you realize that actually, honestly, anything he talks about, even the taxes and all that stuff, it's all bullshit. Because if you're not going to cut military spending in fact if you're just going to increase military spending you're not going to solve anything if you cut the military spending i mean you could afford welfare you could afford all of these government programs that's the expensive stuff like Like, people don't realize food stamps wick all that stuff all the welfare to people it's a fucking drop in the bucket compared to the military military welfare and the corporate welfare right yeah, so he's really full of it, I think, when it comes to everything that he says he wants to do about bringing more money on. If he's just going to increase military spending, he is looking in the wrong direction. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. I really get it why people are freaked out, especially if they're not good old white Christian Americans, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm sorry, I really feel your pain. I can I can empathize with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I also can relate to the people who are like, well, what the fuck do I do? I'm really frustrated. The system's so fucked. I guess I'll just vote for Trump because maybe it'll be a real change. So, and I hope they, <laughs> it's hard to empathize with racists or bigots or whatever, but I can definitely empathize with that frustration about the system being fucked up. Me too. So anyway, we'll see what happens. All right. We have a one minute break now. I don't know what to fill it with. But <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Well, I, I think we should talk about, um, what were you, did you have an idea? Oh, I was just going to talk about sovereign tech. Yeah, we'll talk about sovereign tech. So, well, I mean, you know, with with Trump, you know, p- potentially, I mean, I'm still open to, you know, something could happen between now and January. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I mean, I don't, I hate, I don't know. Don't okay? get us on any list, Brian. No, 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 no. I'm, Please, I'm just saying I'm something. freaked out enough as I, it is. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. I, I am certainly not. Anything any, could happen. Anything could happen. If he does make it into the presidency, uh, I mean, this is a guy who's going to be in charge of the surveillance state. This that is scary as fuck because yeah. he doesn't even use a computer. He barely uses his Android phone. I mean, obviously he uses Twitter very well. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, yikes! 
you know, so if you want to keep an eye on this sort of thing and what what all this means, not that I like to get into politics much, but uh, we're definitely going to be keeping a close eye on what happens going on with SovereignTech, SovereignTech.com. Right. Welcome back to Sex and Science Hour. And I just want to add, Brian, you talk on Sovereign Tech. You talk a lot about encryption tools that you can use to protect yourself from the surveillance state. Yeah. No matter who's in charge of it. Right. Right. That's a big thing because, you know, all these liberals who were just fine and dandy with how much power the federal government had when Obama was in charge. Mm -hmm. And now they're completely freaked out because their guy's not in charge anymore. And now Republicans are in charge. Well, guess what? Maybe you shouldn't have supported the expansion of government so big because that's what happens. The tables can turn. The pendulum can swing. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, when the power gets into the hands of someone you don't like. It's you're going to have to live with it just the same way as when the guy you did like was in power. Yeah. And encryptions are, are I mean, that's something to be concerned about because Trump has been on his campaign trail anyway. When he gets in office again, it could be different. But on his campaign trail, he was obviously anti-encryption. He wants backdoors and everything. Oh, shit. Yeah. I that's mean, bad. He, he made that super clear, which is probably right, the reason encrypt he wanted your to shit, shut down folks. Apple. Easy solutions. Signal. It's an app you can yep. get for your phone. You can encrypt your text messages. Yeah, and it's absolutely. prettier than just WhatsApp or whatever. Yeah, it's it's pretty slick, too. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Um, also, you know, you could get a, uh, a RiseUp.net email address or a ProtonMail email address. Go right? RiseUp, yeah. RiseUp.net. Rise yep. Um, you know, there's people saying we should stockpile... Well, there's liberals saying we should all get guns, which is amazing. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that being said. There's liberals talking about guns, secession, saying this is not my president. Like, I never thought I would see that stuff. It's kind of amazing to watch that. Yeah, yeah. No, it it's is true. kind of amazing. Um, despite the dark clouds, you know, there's always kind of I always like to look for some kind of a silver lining. And I mean, I, I just think it's a good idea, no matter what regime is in charge, it's a good idea to just basic have basic protections for yourself and including encrypting your stuff yeah best practices that, that goes to protect yourself from criminals public and private absolutely you know from hackers as well as governments or nefarious you know uh, could be other governments could be your own just encrypt your stuff and also the idea of of like you know if you're encrypting mundane chatter about like oh honey here's my grocery list you know <laughs> it just makes it that much harder for them to you know comb through it yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you, there's no such, really, there's no such thing as perfect encryption, mm-hmm. but you just want to make it expensive for them. Yep. You know, they do still have to pay a bill at the end of the day. So, you know, just make it expensive, make it hard. Yep, make it hard. And some people don't have unlimited resources to crack stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so, okay. Um, do you want to talk about something else now? Yes, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people do. That's probably why they're listening to the show. <laughs> kind of hoping not to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I actually found a really interesting article. Now, there have been a lot of people who have experienced sleepless nights in the wake of this election, this horrible year. Sure. <laughs> All this shit happening. A lot of people turning orange. <laughs> actually you know speaking of sleepless nights trump i remember this because i used to re- like i'd read all his books and everything i mean he's he's a loser as far as business goes there's people who've inherited bet- money been done better jobs than him paris hilton for example uh i mean she's done way better with her inheritance mm. than donald trump could ever dream of doing um and she gets treated as an idiot ironically and he gets called brilliant <laughs> Gee, what's the difference between them they're both orange mm. one's You're right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but but i know i remember trump saying that he he only sleeps three four hours a night well you know some really successful people do say that yeah you know yeah. there's this thing called hypomanic temperament 
or no, hyperthymic temperament, not hypomanic, sorry. Hypomanic would be like, you know, a manic episode, you know, like you're bipolar Mm -hmm. when you're going on a manic thing. And that's not generally very productive. It's more like, wee, I'm going to go on a bender and gamble away all my money (laughs) and buy shit (laughs) Um, and fuck a bunch of people. Uh, Hyperthymic temperament is, is like, it's basically like a personality type. It's very rare. But it's these people, they don't sleep more than four or five hours a night. They don't need sleep. And they're just oh, right, right, they're just yeah. they're just kind of on all the time. They tend to be really extroverted. Um, they tend to be highly motivated, highly um, productive, successful kind of people. Sure. Like just really people who get a lot done and have lots of goals and very goal oriented. So I don't know. Maybe he's one of those people. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, even when you're when you're like running a big company or when you're doing something really big like that or or even being president, I guess, um, of a country, you know, you have to delegate like you have a team, you have a machine of people that's doing stuff. Yeah. And you're just kind of driving the machine. You're telling everyone kind of what to do, but you, you end up delegating nearly everything. And then then those people delegated out to other people, their staff members. You sure. Know? So it's really like a huge team of people that runs companies and big operations and stuff like that. <laughs> this is why I'm a solopreneur and I'm the only one who works oh, at yeah. my business. <laughs> I, I can't really stand the idea of delegating everything to everybody and kind of not having my hands in it. I don't know. Maybe I'm a control freak, but I also just prefer kind of working as a lone wolf rather than in yeah. groups. So anyway, um <laughs> This is a this is an article from Lifehacker by Beth Swareski. Okay. How little sleep can you get away with? And that's why I said we're we've all been experiencing lots of sleepless nights, but most people want to know that how little sleep can you actually get away with? Sure. Right? <laughs> when you're squeezed for time. So she says, "We've discussed how much sleep you need, at least 7 hours for most people." And boy, I can't get away with 7 hours. I'm one of those <laughs> unlucky people or or maybe you could say lucky that that I really need like a solid 9 hours to really yeah. be my best. Sure. I can get away with it for more for like one night I can get I can do 7 or 8 for one night but then the next night I need 9 to 10 mm-hmm. to make up for it. So yeah, everybody's different. Your mileage may vary, but yeah, most people need at least seven hours. That's the kind of the bare minimum they can get away with. But she says, often our real question is the flip side. Everybody's wondering this. Can you get away with less than the optimal amount or even replace your night's sleep with a series of around the clock naps? Oh, shit. Well, we'll find out. Everybody's needs are different, but six hours is probably the minimum, she says. We should not be talking about how much sleep people need in any way that's different than how many calories we need, says sleep specialist Dr. W. Christopher Winter. Just like 2,000 calories is not the right amount for everyone, neither is a one-size-fits-all number like eight hours of sleep. If you're sick or if you exercise a lot, you might need more sleep. As you age, you probably need less. According to the National Sleep Foundation, adults should get between seven and nine hours of sleep each night. The foundation's panel reviewed studies and used their own clinical experience to come up with those numbers, since there's no way to conclusively determine how many hours an individual needs. Seven to nine fits with the available evidence. And actually, there is a there is a way you can experiment on yourself and figure out how much sleep you need, but you need a solid vacation or you need... Um, you need to basically not use an alarm to wake up. Yeah, you want to do like a two-week period, right? At least two Start weeks. Start on a where weekend you just, to catch up. You yeah. just ad-lib sleep. You you go to bed at a specific time each night, and you use those time to rest, catch up on your sleep, and wake out up without an alarm clock and see what time you wake up. Yep. 
and you can figure out how much sleep you you would ideally need. But for most people, that's so difficult because for most of our lives, we really do run off of an alarm clock. It's kind of terrifying, actually. I mean, like kids going to school. Oh, my God. I remember getting up for school and it was just ass early in the morning and six o'clock, five fucking 30 in the morning, like ungodly times to get up. No one should have to get up that early and body was just constantly stressed. And of course, you can't fall asleep at 8 p.m. to get enough sleep. Right. So what are are you going to do? I don't know if they do that to keep you out of trouble or like there's there's all kinds of long shit, bus but, ride. <laughs> but but yeah, but basically a lot of kids just end up for going sleep at a at a developmental time when they really need a lot of sleep. Yeah, because they're because they're developing. Um, but but yeah, like it starts when you're in school and then it continues when you start going to work. Right. You're yeah. you're using an alarm clock every day to wake up. You're going to bed like kind of when it's socially acceptable, like meh, maybe around 11, 12, 1 in the morning. And then you wake up because you have to be at work at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. So you wake up sometime between maybe like 6, 7, 8 o'clock, hmm. roll out of bed and use your alarm to get up. So a lot of people are not getting as much sleep as they actually need. Of course, we, we all know that. Um so anyway, back to the article. The pa- the panel labeled a wider range from 6 to 10 hours as, quote, may be appropriate. So that's to say that, you know, there's a range of sleep that people need. There's probably a bell curve, right? I hate to invoke bell curve <laughs> on the show where we've talked about racism and xenophobia. But with sleep, there's like, you know, a normal distribution of how much sleep people need. So some people are fine with four or five hours, genuinely. Some people cannot function on four to five hours. Yeah. Um, some people really need like up to 10. But most people between seven and nine, that's their sweet spot. So uh, she says this range is for adults age 26 to 64, the range of six to 10 hours. Young adults might be might need 11 hours and nine is tops for those 65 and over. That doesn't mean everybody would be fine with six hours. It means that some six-hour sleepers may have sleep problems, but for others, six hours just happens to be what their body needs. Dr. Winter previously reminded us that people often get more sleep than they think they do. So check in with your Fitbit if those numbers don't sound realistic. What? No. Check in with your don't Fitbit. Don't check in with the no! Fitbit. Those are bullshit. They no! don't work. Not for sleep tracking. <laughs> no, they've been shown to be notoriously inaccurate, actually. Yeah. Check in with your body. How about that? <laughs> Bad things happen when you don't get enough sleep, says the article. Whatever your personal minimum is, you don't want to undercut on a regular basis. Check out what the National Sleep Foundation's expert uh, panel recommended for young adults age 18 to 25. The panel does not advocate sacrificing sleep duration for school, work, or social responsibilities because short sleep duration is associated with increased fatigue, decreased psychomotor performance, accidents, poor physical and psychological health, and low academic performance. So in other words, it fucks up every function in your life that you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> and when they say, um, they're, they're saying this in a very academic way, but um, decreased psychomotor performance, that means like you're trying to catch a baseball and you fucking flumble it because you can't catch. Right. You're trying to drive a car and you fuck up because you're sleep deprived. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're trying to talk and you slur your words. Like this happens when I'm doing an audiobook and I don't get enough sleep. I'm mm. like, it almost sounds like I'm drunk. Yeah. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to listen to that. And by the way, accidents, especially motor vehicle accidents, are like the leading cause of death in that demographic. Yeah. Under bet. under 35, it's suicides and accidents and homicides. So, I mean, so are they, are they making the point that you cannot skimp? Like, is that what they're trying to say? Um, they're, well, they're, they're talking about this National Sleep Foundation expert panel. 
and they're they're getting to it. They're getting to the punchline. But the panel said they don't advocate sacrificing sleep on a regular basis mm. for something like school or work or social responsibilities. And then they said, similarly, for adults age 26 to 64, sleep deprivation's adverse event on multitasking performance, weight regulation, job safety, mental health, sugar regulation, blood pressure, and cardiovascular health was noted, particularly with nighttime sleep deprivation during the work week. And so basically they're saying for people who have to worry about diabetes, high blood pressure, weight gain, all that and unpleasant stuff, not getting enough sleep fucks you over on those things. Sure. It will make you sick. It makes you more susceptible to colds, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get I get sick. That That's really mm-hmm. the only time I ever get sick. Yep, is, when you don't get uh, enough sleep. Is if I get under like five hours. Or time, for, big time shifts, like you go to Europe from yeah. the U.S., that's, that does me in. Yeah, but if I do like three <laughs> days where I don't get, where I, I get under five hours, I, I get sick. Yeah. Yeah. The effects of sleep deprivation go beyond mere sleepiness. Besides the effects mentioned above, you may lack the judgment to make ethical decisions or be more likely to gain weight over time. See, (laughs) you know, it's so funny because, like, it's so hard to get people to quit smoking. But the one thing that could really get people to quit can really be a powerful motivator to get people to quit smoking is one thing that a lot of people don't know is that a side effect of cigarettes is that it gives you erectile dysfunction. It makes your boners stop working. And ladies, same for you. Now, if people who are trying to quit smoking knew about that, they might be a little more motivated. Yeah, maybe. But they usually don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Same thing with sleep deprivation. If you're not getting enough sleep on a regular basis, and if you knew that it might make you fat, oh yeah, a lot of people are going to be like, all right, well, I need my beauty rest. Yeah. Right? Um, And judgment, it does affect judgment. Missing out on sleep can make you more likely to die of a heart attack. Longer term, work schedules that continuously disrupt employee sleep are on the list of the IARC of, quote, probable causes of cancer. That's the same category as red meat, hot beverages, and the pesticide glyphosate. Hmm. Now, red meat, hot beverages, eh, I don't know. (laughs) But, um, you know, I wouldn't doubt it that sleep work has something... Sorry, sleep work. Shift work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shift work that disrupts your sleep has bad effects on your health. Mm. That much we know, and maybe cancer. To be clear, we don't know for sure that shift work is a carcinogen, they say, but there's enough links between sleep deprivation and poor health for the idea to not be far-fetched. No, she says, naps probably can't re- replace sleep. So far, we've been assuming that you get all or most of your sleep in one big chunk at night. Long-term life hacker readers might remember a few years ago when polyphasic sleep was all the rage. Just take six tiny naps per day and you can ditch the whole idea of getting sleep at night. Yeah, I've heard plenty of anecdotes about that. That just doesn't work. Like people, people yeah. go nuts. Yeah. So many people experiment with it and then they say, oh, fuck this. And then yeah. they go back to sleeping at night. If this worked, it would be the ultimate time saver. Great thinkers throughout history supposedly slept very little or on erratic schedules. Leonardo da Vinci and Thomas Jefferson are classic examples, but these stories don't really hold up to inspection. And conveniently, these geniuses are all dead and can't be interviewed. (laughs) So we asked Dr. Winter about whether naps can really replace sleep. He was not impressed. Polyphasic sleep proponents have nothing beyond anecdotal evidence. They never hold up when rigorously tested. I would confidently say that sleep science would fall almost uniformly in the corner of saying this little hack is bogus. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that just makes sense because 
like there's there's so much stuff about the hormones that like melatonin that comes out when it's mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. And with the cortisol that rises in the morning and falls at night, like your hormones are set up for you to sleep at night and wake during the day. <laughs> sure. So is is that the, the end of the article? No, nope, there's oh, more. Okay. Uh, to be clear, they say a comfortably long middle of the day nap is still fine. If that's part of your routine, you're welcome to re- continue. So like advocating siestas, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Young children need naps as part of their daily schedule, too. But if you're taking short naps just to get through the day, you probably didn't get enough sleep in the first place. The idea of polyphasic sleep as a productivity tool was inspired by studies like this one published in Work and Stress that examined how crews in sailing races were able to stay alert around the clock. The sailors didn't sleep at night because that's when collisions and trouble were more likely to happen, so they were left but with no choice but to take short naps throughout the day. The most productive sailors took naps ranging from 20 minutes to an hour. Naps can help give you back some of your alertness when you're sleep deprived. And with enough naps, the sailors were able to stay functional for days on end. The more sleep they got, though, the better that they raced. Nap-centric sleep schedules don't seem to be sustainable. The bloggers who popularized the idea of polyphasic sleep typically gave up this extreme form after a few months, going back to a routine with a block of nighttime sleep and, for some, a nap or two during the day. I looked but could not find anybody who had kept up round-the-clock naps for years. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So, like it or not, sleeping at night is here to stay. Naps can help you survive if you don't get enough sleep at night, but for a healthy mind and body, you'll have to make sure you hit the sack for at least six hours a night, and for most of us, probably seven or more. That's it. So basically, this article was kind of clickbaity. It's saying don't skimp on sleep. Basically, don't sure. even, don't even try to ask how little sleep you can get away with. Just sure. try to get as much sleep as you can. Yeah, I can't help but think that that all of this comes down to the military. The army is well. First off, in the in the U.S. military anyway, in the army, you are only required to get four and a half hours of sleep, oh. and you do not have to get that all in one chunk. You can get that, oh. and, and I and I have experienced, you know, when I was in the army, where I had to go through that, um, and. Like I, I somehow I think polyphasic probably came out of that is somebody's like, oh, wait a minute. Like these guys were on watch just fine for like two weeks. Like this is wonderful because the army also, you know, decades ago, they messed around with changing the week. They changed it to a 10, <laughs> 10 day, day week, right? To a 10 day week. And it just fucked up everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, th- this this shit doesn't work. Now, the what is it where you take there's like two sleep cycles that supposedly that's what humans did. I know right, sleep of, for four hours, wake for an hour, and then sleep for four wake, more. Wake for two hours, and then yep. sleep for four more. I know some people that do that, and they love it. And they've been doing it for, like, years and years and years. Weird. Uh, well, I don't naturally literally wake up in the middle of the night, so right. I don't know. Maybe I've been trained and conditioned. <laughs> I would like to draw your attention to the two seasons of archives worth of sex and science hour that we have conveniently located for you right there on our website, sex and science com, right on the sidebar. And um, if you wanted to, you could play through those playlists and you could listen to a whole day, nay, a whole week perhaps of sex and science hour playing round the clock. Yes. It's a great time. Maybe I mean, a week is an exaggeration, but you know, 25 episodes a season. Because one each episode is more than show. an hour. Yeah. 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 So you could, you can have a good day of solid listening um, if you're going to be sleep deprived and stay up all night, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to do polyphasic sleep, what the hell? Go yep, for it. We do. Our website is sexandsciencehour.com. And if you go there, you'll also find our shop link where you can shop through our Amazon affiliate link and be on our after show. Yay. Woo. Woohoo. Sexandsciencehour.com. And you can contact us and send us a question. So if you have burning listener questions, 
show at sexandsciencehour.com, but there is a contact form on the website. Oh, the contact form. And, ooh, it's been getting some use since I greatly anonymized oh, it. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> We've been getting lots of emails through our Sex and Science Hour contact form. So, anyway, when is this break going to be over? Oh, it's coming up. <laughs> My art just wasn't in it tonight, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, I, this is election, like, majorly fucked me the up. The Trump effect. The Trump effect. I've been Trumpified. Holy you know, shit. there's... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I am I made a joke on social media earlier. Yeah. About the, there's a game that I remember from back in the 90s. There was actually it was a popular series. It was called Trump Castle, based upon, you know, one of the hotels. And, uh-huh. and like, there was Trump Castle 2. They came out in, like, 92. And I was like, oh, you know what? D- relax, folks. We're just in a computer simulation game, you know, running on a 486. That's all that this is now. You know, <laughs> relax. <laughs> everything is a simulation. Yeah, everything. We're just playing a game of Trump Castle 2 right now. And you just, you know, you're one of the one of the many bit parts. But oh I don't God. I don't believe in simulation theory. I, I don't think that that's legit. So anyway, it's terrible <laughs> science. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to fo- it's hard to not focus on the future and not to be like anxious or worried about what's going to happen in the future. But the thing is, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. We you know, we've survived a lot. I feel like I'm a survivor. You know, I'm not trying to minimize the pain of anybody who's sure. like really fucking freaked out because they think they're going to get deported. I mean, that's that's a legit concern. I agree. You know, but you're a survivor, too, and you'll survive this. You know, you'll you'll get through it. We'll somehow. all get through this. We'll all get through it. Exactly. And, you know, maybe it won't be that bad. Or, I mean, maybe America will collapse because of it. But but so what? <laughs> Yeah. Like, and, if it, okay, good. And even if it does, you know, there's always, you can always find happy things in life. I mean, I don't know. My goal, I guess, going forward is just to try try to live a happy life like it always was before. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, the goal doesn't change. Just try your best to be happy. Yeah. You know, and I know it can be hard when there's a lot working against you in the world. It can be hard to just, like... I'm not saying just put on a happy face and ignore your problems, but like try to find happiness however it can, however you can, however it works for you. You know, try to create it in whatever ways you can in your relationships and in whatever. Um, Sage advice. Yep. Anyway, so um, Brian, my show prep document says we're supposed to do a review of Married at First Sight <laughs> on the, in this segment. <laughs> what do you say? You want to do it? Well, I promised the listeners we'd get to it at some point. Yeah, so speaking of reality TV, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a show on FYI. It's also on a and I think, and it's called Married at First Sight, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's very a very controversial show, or at least it was at first, I know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. People are pi- some people are pissed off about it because they say it messes with the uh, sanctity of marriage, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's exactly what it sounds like. It's basically a reality show about these professional matchmakers or experts who match up a heterosexual couple. There's no gay version yet, but um, mm-hmm. maybe there will be. Um, <laughs> and they match up the couple of of singles, you know, based on how, who they think would be compatible, based on personality and interviews and stuff. And uh, then they get married, and the first time they see each other is at their own wedding. At the altar. <laughs> right. They don't even know their names. They don't even know each other's names. names. Would, would tip people off to perhaps where they're from or something like that. Yep. So, um, yep, haven't seen a picture of them, don't know their name, don't yeah. know anything about them. So, um, yeah. So, this show has 
has been really interesting. We've watched the whole thing. There's been four seasons of it so far. They've got a fifth season planned. Yep. And um, every season in the American version, they follow like three couples. And then at the end, they follow them for six weeks. They do the marriage. They do a honeymoon. And there's cameras with them the whole time. They're like in the house with them. They have to move in together, live together for six weeks, and have the camera crews follow them around. And they do scheduled activities like, you know, invite their family over for a barbecue and things like that. And um, (laughs) sometimes it all seems too perfectly tied together with a nice little bow, you know? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, It's like kind of scripted. Um, but then at the end of the six weeks, they decide if they want to stay married or if they want to get divorced. And it is like a marriage. They're not dating. It's like a legally binding marriage. The only way out is to actually get a divorce. Right. Um, so that's that's what the show is. Yeah. And then then like so at the end of the season, they'll choose whether or not they're going to stay married or get, or, or get, get divorced. divorced. And then they'll do a, an episode six months later. Mm. where mm-hmm. they like are you still married or have you gotten a divorce like, yep. what's going on they do like a checkup six months later yep. which is really the only episode you need to watch i think because <laughs> I everything else is so long and drawn out like just oh they milk it yeah oh, they definitely they, they milk it they play clips over and over again and they play songs <laughs> over and over again i know every fucking song from the now 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 you like the show like I I do. I like the show. Guilty I think pleasure, maybe. I think it's a guilty pleasure, but it's interesting to me. Sure. And I'll tell you why I like it. It's just because it's so interesting to see how people react to this really challenging situation. And, you know, you can see they're real people. Like, they're some of them are pretty. Some of them are not very pretty. Mm-hmm. Some of them have faces for TV. Some of them don't. But they're <laughs> real people. And you can see, like, at least I think I can see without trying to judge them too much, but I think I can see like why they're single. It's not just for, for most of them. It's not just that they haven't met the right person. There's reasons why they're single. Right. Like they (laughs) have some neuroses or something. (laughs) Right. They're neurotic. They have some impossible standards for a mate. You know, they wouldn't be happy with anybody. Mm -hmm. They really don't want to be in a relationship, even though they say they do, or they think they do. Um, You know, all kinds, all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, or they just don't open up. They're like unemotional. They don't bond with other people. They keep to themselves. They don't give their partner a chance. You know, they decide they, they make a judgment about them and then they don't give them a chance. Um, so now can you think, well, I'm curious. I want to know more about, you know, what you like about the show, Yeah, but I am curious quick. Like, can you think of just off the top of your head, do more of them stay married or do more of them get divorced? No, more of them get divorced. More than, yeah. Most I, of them get I divorced. Too. Yeah. Most of the, the four seasons, most of them have gotten divorced. Yep. So yeah, not to give any spoilers, but um, there's never been a season where all three of the couples on the season have stayed together. Right. Um, right. It's always at least one divorce. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> and yeah. in some cases, more than one divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so so I mean going on with with what you like about the show, like why what 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 what's the appeal? So, I just think it's really interesting to see how people react to these this challenging situation. Like they sign up for it, yes, but I I think most of them don't have no fucking idea what they're getting into. Yeah. You know, to marry a stranger and then to have every little aspect of your relationship nitpicked. Mm-hmm. Like and not only that, but they supply endless alcohol through the whole show. Oh, it's <laughs> like insane. Every, literally every time they're filming a scene, 
the people are drinking. Or even when they're with the counselors. Like, there's these three counselors. They're kind of the matchmakers, and mm-hmm. they try to help them out as they go through various problems and everything. The counselors, every time they go to visit the counselors, like, it seems like at the end of the counseling session, it's like... They all have a glass of champagne. It's like, oh, let's all drink to this. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute, what the fuck? They'll film a brunch or a breakfast, and you're like, oh, they couldn't possibly be drinking at breakfast. But nope, it's Bloody Marys and mimosas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, funny thing about, about alcohol. Like, that is the one thing they ne- you never, ever have to show the brand. Because... No matter what, I mean, really, the, the alcohol that's going to sell it depends on the liquor store and what's at the front. Okay, I mean, like that, that's how that's going to work. You never need to show off a brand, yeah. but uh, but but the whole alcohol industry will pay to make sure that that stuff gets shown off. Anyway, oh yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I I suppose you kind of have to be drunk the whole time to sort of let loose because oh, fuck, I think like so. those cameras cam- on you. All those the time. cameras are super invasive, and then they also have them do these diary cams where they do like a selfie cam and they like talk about what went Ugh. on that day and stuff like that, and then like. You know, there are times where they're having a fight and they'll pull them aside and they'll ask, like, so what happened? Like, you never hear the questions of like, so tell me how you were feeling at that moment. You just hear the person say, oh, my God, when Nick said that, I was feeling so hurt and betrayed. You know, like, it's like, obviously, the producer asked them, tell me about how you're feeling at this moment. Yeah, yeah, there's very clever editing as there is in all reality television, which, again... Reality television, even the people, the kings of reality television would tell you that it shouldn't be called that. They want it to be called a contrived dramatity because Mm -hmm. they want you to know there's no reality here. (laughs) Not like nothing that that represents necessarily reality, even though this is a very real marriage that's Mm -hmm. that's happening. Yeah. So uh, did you have more on on what what you like? about? Yeah, I just well, it's I mean, I don't know how you could possibly get an unbiased, like un you know, even if you had hidden cameras, like, yeah, people forget that they're there, but I'm just saying the cameras probably affect a lot in the relationships. Oh, it's got to be irritating. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's such a stress on a new marriage. It's almost like having kids right away or something like that. Sure. And not only that, like, it's, it's like they don't even know each other and they're all of a sudden married. And how do you deal with that situation? Like, you must be so freaked out just thinking, Unless you're like the most diehard, like, I just want to be married so bad. I want a partner. I I just want to be on TV so bad. Yeah. And there are those. And then there are also the people who who are like, I want to be married so bad. I don't care to who it is. Just find me a partner, you know, (laughs) as long as they have legs. And, you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, yeah, there's there's those people. And then there's people who clearly like once they realize what they've gotten themselves into, they're like, oh, my God, what did I just do? This is this feels like a mistake. And yeah. they get really freaked out. So, yeah, I mean, I can see why they kind of try to keep him drunk the whole time. But uh, it's just, even though it is kind of maybe altered by having the cameras there, it is really interesting to see how people react to that situation. There are people who are super cold, like they seem like they're super cold or like they're not giving their partner a chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're just super slow to open up and they're very slow to develop trust. And then one little thing will happen that like kind of shakes their trust and they're like, oh, that's it. I'm not definitely not trusting him now, you know, And yeah, but they yeah, never yeah. really trusted him to begin with. Yeah. And and then there's some people who are super tr- trusting and super open from the beginning and just they just seem like they kind of want to try to make it work out. And um yeah, it's it's just uh it's just fascinating. It makes me realize how different people are on that sort of scale of like how much they're willing to trust kind of a stranger. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And it also it also was very informative to me because I saw it and I'm like, "Oh, wow. I've had some past relationship partners who 
acted like that. And I didn't understand why they were acting that way at the time. Mm. But with the pulling aside and talking to the camera and with like how you can see it go down on the show, you start to understand their perspective a lot more. Or I did. I started to understand their perspective a lot more. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I understand why someone would would have this this demeanor, or why why they seem so cold, but really they were just scared or whatever, right? Right. right. So yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> some of the people are real characters, like you know, there was one guy in one of the seasons who was like basically this angry Guido guy, <laughs> and he was like, "Am I not supposed to say that?" Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. Well, the weird that he was technically Jewish. Yeah, he was raised I didn't think Italians. that was possible, yeah. but yeah. Um, and, and he was like, he looked like he was going to fly into a violent rage at like every moment. And yeah. his wife was so nice. I felt really bad for her. Yeah. She just seemed so nice. But but then she also like fell into the drama too. And they just, they just had so much drama. And then there was like, there was a guy who like lived in a tour bus and he was like a total like free spirited kind of like surfer dude, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was, um, there was one guy who was like pretty robotic. Um, you know, there were, what were some of the women that were characters? I mean, well, there's there was one that just clearly wanted to be on TV, like she'd been on The Bachelor before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was the one, there was the Christian couple that... Oh, yeah. That she didn't want anything to... Oh, my well, God. Yeah. yeah, they were... No, no, no spoilers, I yeah. guess. But <laughs> <laughs> there was one who kind of took one look at her husband on the altar, and she was like, oh, I'm not attracted to him. And then yep. she just was super... She never warmed up to him. And yeah. he tried so hard. He was really trying to make her feel comfortable. He wasn't putting any pressure on her, but yeah. but she just had such a hard time getting getting to know him. Yeah. So um I I just think it was it was really interesting. It's kind of an addictive show. Um if you like those dating shows like The Bachelor, you know, you'd probably like this. Yeah. I, I can't you- stand it. <laughs> like, like, like I, I fucking hate the show. <laughs> like I watch it, but like it it's so <laughs> okay tell me how you really feel brian <laughs> well i just like all brian's the, at his breaking point because i've made him watch this like no, it's fine and i watch like, it but like i watch it with like what it's like you know it's watching the train wreck you know yeah like, I'm constantly <laughs> yeah it is like that sometimes <laughs> like i get what you're saying I, and i i really do you know and obviously i totally respect your opinion and and you know and i i think it's very cute when you get excited about it um uh Anyway, I, I don't care for it, so there, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Are you, do you not care for the show, or do you not care for like or just the, the idea the of marriage? Well, I mean, it's not even it's not even the marriage thing. Like, yeah, I don't agree. Like, I think marriage is like so archaic, mm-hmm. but it's not even that. Like, it's the way that these people talk about like the advice that gets given to these <laughs> couples is terrible advice. Like it's so it's like like these people will say to them, No, you don't understand. You're in a marriage. You can't just walk away. Are you fucking kidding me? No, walk away. Get the hell out of there if you don't like what you're involved in, you know? Like, I mean like it it just the messages it sends to people about what a relationship is like yeah, chosen. <laughs> More coming up. You've just heard Sex and Science Hour. Game over. Play again next week. Right.
Now here's a story, a little bit gory, a little bit happy, and a little bit sad about Lily the Pink and her medicinal compound and how it drove us raving mad. Ebenezer, he said he was Julius Caesar, so they put him in the home, and then they gave him medicinal compounds, and now he's the emperor of Rome. We. to heaven all the church bells they did ring she took with her that medicinal compound hark the herald angels sing And that was the Irish Rovers with Lily the Pink. <laughs> This is relative the, to last week's episode, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is the after show. Welcome back to Sex and Science Hour. I'm listening to the after show now. <laughs> Somebody sent us that. I don't know who, because they sent it anonymously through our contact form. But that is actually a song about Lydia Pinkham, who we talked about on last week's show, who was the woman who put her face on the packaging of her right. medicinal compound, and she got totally trolled. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing story. So this is a song. That song was kind of making fun of her too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it cured your ailment because it killed you right (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah i thought that was a cute song so anyway um brian hates marriage and uh no i'm just kidding but you sounded like you had a really strong reaction to um like the advice that was given about staying in the marriage and to those couples and you hate the show well yeah did you want to talk more about that no there's really not much else to say just like that that the the advice like everything that was like it is just so conventional, like 
Yeah, it was pretty cl- cre- trite, yeah, cliche. I, I mean, you know. like everything, not just, not even just the, the, the fucking counselors or whatever, even the, the people. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, are, like, are you people even real? Yeah, that's a, that's a, I guess, I guess a critique I have of it is like, the people seem to attach so much importance to being married. You know what I mean? That they well, would the literally marry a stranger. So it's like you have the ring and the wedding and the honeymoon and the like shell of a marriage, but you don't really have the substance of a marriage. Right. You don't have the best friendship and the knowing the person and loving them so much that you want to be with them forever. Right. Like yeah. you have everything else except that. <laughs> yeah. So how could that really make you happy or fulfill you? And it's supposedly, you know, th- the idea is like you build that shell and the rest of it fills in over time. Right. Yeah. But you only have six weeks to decide if you want to be with this person. And I don't know. It's it's definitely a weird concept that would be a challenge for everyone. And I get that. I get what you're saying that, like, it definitely seems kind of dumb for some, like the importance that some people attach to it. You know, yeah, well, right. I mean, just the way that they're looking at their relationships and, you know, I, I guess I need to caveat and just say, yeah, you know, I don't I can't expect everybody to see relationships the way I do, blah, blah, blah. Not every relationship works that way. Some people have great marriages and it's true. They do, uh, you know, in all of this. And, and I, I I fucking understand all that. It's just like like these these people are just so mundane and and like and 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 again the advice is absolutely terrible you know there is no like it it should it should really be the black mark on marriage itself that you really cannot leave when you when you want to leave you know like if you don't if you don't want yeah they look at it on the show they look they look at that that trapping aspect of marriage as like an incentive to work it out if yeah. you have like minor problems right like one of the guys says look you don't understand buddy this is a marriage this isn't a joke and i'm like no you're a fucking joke marriage is a joke it's a joke designed to turn other people into property don't you understand you know yeah like, that was this there was a pastor that was giving the dude oh, advice man. like that he had a fight with his wife where he said he wasn't attracted to her and she was got, like got really hurt and walked out and moved out of the house and the pastor's giving him advice and he goes marriage isn't for punks <laughs> yeah yeah it's like that's like, what are you talking about like i mean it's so it's not a wrestling match or something no right right but i mean these are counselors who are supposedly so good about relationships that they're pairing these people up and it's like if this is the if this is the best and brightest of mer- uh, of relationship counseling no fucking wonder trump's president because i mean people are, are they must be so so goddamn depressed, so damn mad, and just, you know, just so frustrated with life. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hell. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I get it. Like, it is kind of funny. And actually, you can kind of play little, like, quote unquote, you know, quasi drinking games, like with the show. Like, the, like there's certain music. Like, there's that one song that they'll keep playing. This is day one. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and like, every, and you know what they're going to do it because, like, it'll be this really cheesy moment where, like, suddenly, <laughs> you know, they just had this huge fight five minutes ago and then you know of course in the show and then like all they made up and it's like oh but he's so good to me and then suddenly you know they hug outside (laughs) and then suddenly the music goes this is day one because it's like we're starting all over again it's like in a six-week period with a complete stranger if you start over again so many goddamn times don't you think you know what actually that other person's not the problem maybe you're the fucking problem and uh, it's oh well thirty thousand people applied to be on the show 
There's a lot of crazy people in this <laughs> world. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I find that shocking anyway. too. There's so many people. Yeah. No, I, I came off a little strong in saying how much I hate. I don't hate it. There, I've seen far worse, especially reality shows. <laughs> I've seen far, What's far worse. What's your least favorite reality show? Oh. Well, maybe that's not fair because you wouldn't have watched I don't it really watch really much of like it. it that much. Um, yeah. I mean, like Survivor, I never understood that. Yeah, you know, Survivor was weird. There's really great reality shows. Like I think um, uh, Naked and Afraid is actually I really enjoy I like that. Naked and Afraid. I, yeah. I think that's a great show. It's uh, a really good show. If, the the premise for that one is um, two strangers, man and a woman, get dropped off in some remote climate. You know, like in a island, a remote island somewhere, or in the jungle, or somewhere like that in the mm-hmm. Himalayas, and they have to survive for 21 days with nothing except one survival item, yeah. which is usually a knife or a fire starter or a pot to boil water, and uh, and just each other and that one survival item. So they have no clothes, no food, no water. Right. They have to make it three weeks. Yeah, I mean, Survivor Man, if that counts as a reality show, that's great. Uh, there used to be one called Junkyard Wars, if that's if that counts as a as Junkyard a Wars. Oh, my God. That's one I haven't seen in years. It was awesome. It was an old one, right? Well, older. I mean, yeah. ten, maybe 10-something years. I love that show. Where they uh, would build stuff out of the things in the yeah, junkyard. Yeah, they'd be in a junkyard, and they yeah. have a competition. Okay, we need to something that, that does this. Yeah. And so they would, they you know, two teams would compete or whatever, and I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, Could I that mean, really a reality show, though? Well, that's the thing. If it counts as a reality show, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's just a game show somehow. But there was another one. There was one called The Colony that was like simulating. Um, it went it went at two, three seasons. It was simulating um, like uh, a post-apocalyptic situation. Mm-hmm. And people had to really like, they'd have actors like acting like good zombies or some, some kind of riffraff, mm. you know, and, and, uh, and they'd have to you know, build things and act like, okay, we're starting society from zero. How are we going to go about, you know, go about this? Uh, and that was interesting. Alaska experiment. I mean, so there's some good ones out there. It's just like, this one is just so, Ooh, anyway, that's it. That's, that's all I got. Thank you for letting me uh, expound. You're welcome, Brian. Yeah. Thank you for watching Married at First Sight with me. No, I, I mean, I'm just happy it. to spend time with you. I, I you Aww. know, but I mean, but it is, nice. you know, the only time it gets to me, like I can watch just about anything for like an hour. Uh-huh. It's when it's a marathon that I start to like, <laughs> that's when I start to crack. Like when, when, it, when suddenly like we're, we're there watching it for like five or seven hours and I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I like I, and, and I will get up and I will, well, we like, won't be able to, to do elsewhere. that anymore. Cause I've run out of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've run out of crack. To watch. <laughs> Yeah, whatever techniques they use to put you in a Skinner box and make you want to keep watching, it worked on me. Because <laughs> I do do that sometimes, admittedly. Well, I'm with you, You want to find out what happens. <laughs> I mean, you, get, you get excited about it. And I, yeah. I think it's so cute because it's like, oh, it's time for Married at First Sight. You know? <laughs> it's, it's so I text cute. my mom about it. <laughs> she watches it, too. I love it. I love it. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some of them I was watching because I'm like, okay, if they get divorced, I'm going to find that woman on social media and tweet at her and see if i can bring her over to the other side (laughs) so anyway it is the after show we got to talk about after showy stuff let's do it if you want to be on our after show you can simply by shopping through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com that'll take you to our amazon link you do your normal shopping and it'll show up on the list of stuff that people bought who listen to our show and we'll read it and talk about
about it on the show and hopefully use it to inspire interesting stories. And of course, if you want to support the show and your country doesn't have an Amazon link yet, because I am a fucking failure at doing that. I can't believe I didn't get around to it yet. I keep meaning to. It's on my calendar and I just haven't found the time. So I will. I will make other countries besides the U.S. Amazon links and I will change the website to implement it i need to put well, like a amazon link localizer kinda, in there yeah amazon kind of screwed you on that because you did have links for other i did countries, yeah but and, they, and they closed down my uk account exactly yeah. i didn't make another one um but anyway <laughs> well brian will make one this time mm, and he won't violate the terms of service oh, I didn't know allegedly that. which okay. they claimed i did but i can't find any evidence that i actually did and i tried to open a case with them and they had like no appeal process well, anyway amazon might not be long for this world I don't know about that. Well, no, <laughs> I think they're going to take over the world. Well, well, that's what I thought. But Trump says he he's going to take uh, antitrust against them. What? He hates Amazon. Yeah. What? And, and you know, what am I supposed to, like? You know, I, I mean, obviously, I disagree with like you know legislating <laughs> against companies, but he's obviously seeing what I've been saying for years on my own show, Sovereign Tech, that that Amazon's becoming not a monopoly. But a monopsony mm-hmm. to where you know they're they, controlling the distribution. Th- there's a central control of distribution, not a production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, but then you know, once you're a monopsony, I think you can become a, not, a monopoly. <laughs> you know, eventually. Yeah, they they definitely have a world domination ten <laughs> year plan uh, yeah. in place, <laughs> and it's starting to be implemented. Right. So, but he, he said he's going to go after him. So we'll we'll see how that shapes up. Wow. Well, Good I wasn't luck. mad about it before, but now I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Good luck because Bezos is that's a badass boy. I mean, yeah. Any guy that laughs that creepily, I've never heard Jeff Bezos laugh. You'll never is forget it creepy. It when you do. How does he laugh? It's a very odd cackle. I, I wouldn't begin to like, like a Clinton. No, cackle? I'm worried. It's like the Devil's Triad, where if I try to do it, and like, oh. if you listen long enough, you go insane. Oh, okay. so I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, not going to go with it. But uh, I mean, I, I respect the guy in a lot of ways, and in other ways, I mean, he was in Star Trek Beyond. That's pretty awesome. But you know. And and his who space... was he? Was he one of the aliens? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's in like his, in full makeup, right? And his space program, Blue, Blue Origin, is ten times better than anything Tesla is doing. So, wow. or you know that Elon Musk is doing, I should say. So anyway, I don't know. I'd rather have Amazon drones than weaponized Trump police drones. Yeah, I'd rather have any. I yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on that happy note, shop dot se- no shop at stuff dot stuff dot I was I was starting to say I will make those other Amazon links eventually. But if you want to support us and you don't know how, you can always send us a donation directly via our PayPal link, which is also on our website, or a Bitcoin tip, which you can find on sexandsciencehour.com. Woohoo! Okay, so what did people get? It's kind of a short list this week. All right. Maybe people are saving up their money before they do their Christmas shopping. Black Friday. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yep. They're waiting till Black Friday. So we have a, a, a grill set, a three-piece barbecue tool set. We've got the tongs. Yeah. We've got the fork. And we've got the flipper. Nice. I don't know what those sound effects really were. No, but, but it was good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was making little hand motions, too. Please this, invite us over. Yeah, please. Have a barbecue. Invite, invite your friends. Invite us. Um, we're your friends, right? Yeah. Now, this is on sale. This was actually listed at like a list price of 50 bucks, but it was on sale for 20 Hey. And it's stainless steel, and they look pretty good. So good job. All good, right. Somebody got a steal there before Black Friday. Um, and then we've got the Alpha Grillers 18-inch grill brush. So um, looks like somebody's got a grill. Yeah. This was a $10 price point, nine ninety seven. 
So you can outfit your whole grill for 30 bucks. How much does a grill cost? Sometimes they cost $1,500 if you get one of those infrared grills, right? Oh, you right? go all the way, yeah. You can get all the way with a grill. <laughs> nice thing is grills are still built to last. I'll give them that. Yeah, unlike a lot of other things, right? Yeah. We have a we have a, an actually a pretty cool little electric George Foreman grill. And it's big enough. It's about the size of like a... Um, you know, like a cafeteria tray, the the cooking surface, yep. and it has a little red cover, and you can use it to grill indoors. And now it doesn't make the food as charred and burned as a grill does, yeah. But um, you know, it does cook stuff good. It's like a ceramic cook surface, and we got it on Amazon. It's like yeah. hundred hundred bucks or something. That's no, very nice. I now like we can grill it. all year round inside. Woo. Yay, George Foreman. <laughs> so somebody must be starting a podcast because we have the Audio Technica AT two thousand five USB. Uh, microphone. Nah. So yeah, the 2005 is a popular microphone. It's a $60 price point. And um, Michael Dean likes this one because he says it gives you creamy radio audio. Creamy. He says it gives you good <laughs> good audio, basically. Um, I think that the the, uh, the tagline, what is it? Caviar sound on a cat food budget. <laughs> now, Clever 60 guy. bucks is not exactly a cat food budget, but considering how much you might use it, you know. Sure, You sure. get the marginal cost for one podcast down pretty far. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have the onstage foam uh, windscreen for that microphone. Nice. So it's just a $3 windscreen that you put over the mic. And I hear the music coming up, so I think we're, we better call it a night, Brian. That sounds what good. You, Go podcasting. What do you say about that? Go podcasting. Start your podcast. Achieve your dreams. And don't let Trump ruin your life, please. No. P- try not to let it ruin your life. I'm trying. And I'm not, not going to let it. <laughs> right on. There we go. It's a hopeful message. This has been Sex and Science Hour. Our website, sexandsciencehour.com. We'll see you next week. Woo!